Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is September, uh, excuse me, November 18th, 2019. And the purpose of these weekly webinars is to introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of triangles and also to provide a platform for people who are already members of triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Three people agree to link up together each day, visualizing a lighted triangle between themselves. They link up spiritually, etherically, mentally, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Then you link with the entire network of all other people throughout the world who are also working in triangles. And then you sound the great invocation, a world prayer that distributes the energy of light, love, and the will to good to all open and receptive hearts and minds. So triangles need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So as we do each week, we're going to begin with a visualization. Um, this is an adaptation of a passage that the Tibetan teacher has given out, which he asks us to work with. And it, in, in a way, it seems as if it's a visualization of the plan from a macrocosmic perspective. So let's just do what we can to support that injunction to work with this. So let's just link together. Sound permeates all forms. Light permeates all forms. Together we make up a group tune. We make music ceaselessly. And as we build in the light, joining our group together with all groups throughout the world, we become part of a great network of light workers. Now we link with the soul of humanity, seeing this kingdom as pervaded by light and sound. See and hear this rhythm of sound and this myriad of chords and notes blending with the music of the hierarchy itself. 
This is a steadily enriching symphony, which is playing now. Now, visualize the centuries slipping away. See all these various sounds unite and resolve into one another until someday the planetary symphony that Sanat Kumara is composing will be completed and our earth will then make a notable contribution to the great chords of the solar system. Then, as the Bible says, the sons of God, the planetary Logoi, will sing together. This will be the result of right breathing, of controlled and organized rhythm, of true, pure thought, and of the correct relation between all parts of the chorus. Visualize and breathe this vision into existence, distributing the energies through the group Ajna Center, the new group of world servers. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. The topic for today's webinar was formulated in response to a question asked by a member of our Facebook page. The person expressed an interest in working with subtle energies, but was concerned about the safety of opening herself to subtle forces and passing them through the etheric body. She wondered how we can actually distinguish between beneficent forces and those forces that are masquerading as beneficent but are actually materialistic. 
People on Facebook responded to her queries, suggesting she search out her motive for wanting to serve energetically. And this, of course, is key in all of life. We can all stop and ask ourselves why we wish to participate in triangles or any other spiritual activity. Why do we want to serve in this way? Is it to meet friends and um, join with others? Is it truly sacrificial? This questioning is particularly helpful for esoteric groups to do as, for it said, we suffer more under the weight of glamour and misperceptions than any other groups. And surely this is so precisely because we are opening ourselves to the world of energies and forces, and we don't necessarily know how to distinguish truth from falsity, the unreal from the real. There are quite a number of causes underlying the present confusion. As we know, we're living and working in a time of transition, and there's a tremendous amount of spiritual stimulation pouring into the planet from ray and constellational sources that we're told were never contacted before by humanity. And surely one of these constellational forces is that great overshadowing constellation overshadowing the constellation of Capricorn, which we're preparing for this year in December. That's a powerful energy, which is new to humanity. And so we all must take care in preparing for that time. For the energies are proving highly stimulating to the atomic structure of our subtle bodies and awakening aspects of ourselves that have hitherto lain dormant. The question therefore extends from the type of energy we might be susceptible to, to the amount of energy we are being subject to. For example, there's the stimulation inherent in the transition period because we know that we're moving from an more emotional um, predisposition to a mental one. And this brings in a wide array of shifting more potent energies than have hitherto been possible. Another factor which some people might be unaware of is the fact that due to the intensity of the sound released during the First and Second World Wars, there were rents or tears produced within the delicate etheric structure of the planet. This etheric web is intended to provide a separating protective mechanism between the astral and the physical planes, a mechanism which has shielded humanity from a wide array of astral energies. But now, as a result of the rending process, the energies and forces from the astral plane are being released and allowed to pour into the consciousness of sensitive people everywhere, particularly those who have innate psychic or mediumistic tendencies. We can see, therefore, how the combination of these rents, coupled with the powerful mystical temperament which developed under the passing Piscean Sixth Ray Age, have created a situation that is a real cause for concern for all people who work in the esoteric or spiritual fields. 
Many people have been subjective to energies and opened up to areas of consciousness that they don't understand and for which they are hard pressed to find anyone who can help them sort out all the many impressions to which they are subject. The situation has resulted in the occult wrecks that populate the spiritual path today. People who suffer from intense lower psychism, from insanity, from neuroses, and mental imbalances of all sorts. These conditions are widespread and increasing at this time as we're in the midst of the preparatory period for the externalization of the spiritual hierarchy, wherein all things are being intensified. So much of what is being contacted today, including visions of the various members of the spiritual hierarchy, as well as that which is contacted in daily meditation practice, is astral in origin. Therefore, it is not real. The real effort that we are asked to undertake is not necessarily to deny these impressions, but rather to learn how to shift the focus of our meditative practice to the mental plane and to thereby begin the process of learning to contact truth as it exists on the higher mental planes and begin the process of learning to distinguish between the truth and falsity. And in order to make this shift, we're advised to make haste slowly in the realization that the path of return takes much time and the results depend upon our efforts to extricate ourselves from that which holds us back, to simply observe the swirling astral forces that abound in the world today and with detachment and determination, simply note them down in a spiritual diary. The Tibetan advises we repeat to ourselves the following mantra, let reality govern my every thought and truth be the master of my life. We live in a time wherein the difficulties of spiritual stimulation are exacerbated by the plethora of information available to spiritual seekers today on the internet. This situation calls for discrimination and caution. Unfortunately, these qualities seem in short supply as we live in a world wherein speed is placed at a premium with all the hares racing about and all the tortoises plodding along unnoticed. The path calls for discrimination as to how we go about our spiritual practices, what we choose to do in all aspects of our life. For the energies we contact are a clear reflection of the lives we live and the practices we undertake. Primarily, a wise spiritual practice should be engaged in lifting the energies from the lower centers, those beneath the diaphragm, to those above, but not through breathing exercises and kundalini yoga or long, long hours of meditation, but rather through living a sane and balanced life in which one's spiritual practices are integrated within the normal flow of things. Balance is needed. Moderation is key. 
and the following in the path of those who have come before and paved the way provides safety. The issues confronting spiritual seekers today are compounded by the fact that by placing themselves upon the spiritual path, they are subjecting themselves to a forcing process, to an accelerated path of development, to the first steps in an initiatory process. They therefore are willingly subjecting themselves to a substantial increase of energy with which they consequently have to contend. That is why the heart development of the mystical path does provide a safeguard upon which the mental development can be constructed. We're advised to avoid intolerance and fanaticism, to pay attention during the daily life to events both large and small, for it's said that it's literally true in an occult sense, that not a sparrow falleth without its fall being noticed. So during this stimulating time, let's all decide to dedicate ourselves to living sane and balanced lives, wherein meditation, study, and service are our keynotes, taking one step at a time. So now let's work with our visualization. Lincoln thought as a soul, as a point of love and light, with all people throughout the world who are also working with this Triangles Meditation Group. We lift our consciousness to the spiritual will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light.
Now visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. and link with the world teacher stands at the heart of hierarchy and at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships.
Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Prior to sounding the great invocation, let's pause to consider the work to be done as the words are poured out. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into the human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God. Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Thank you, everyone. Now, um, we're going to have our questions and comments section, but we're going to begin with a couple of questions from my coworker, Michael. And um, we just um, wanted to share a few additional thoughts. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kathy. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, excellent. Um, so I was, I was wondering if you could go into um, a little more detail about some of those problems that you say you notice in um, spiritual seekers today. And um, maybe just to give you something to respond to, I have a, a very, really brief quote from the Tibetan, which, we, which reads, um, primarily from the point of view of esotericism, all physical disease is the result of either wrong stimulation or overstimulation or wrongfully placed stimulation or inhibitions, psychical starvation, and those accumulative, accumulated subjective forces which damn the flow of life forces. All problems resolve themselves into the right use and the correct handling of force in order to affect the free flow of energy. Okay. Well, I think it does relate back to the question that was originally the um, impetus for this webinar, which was the woman who asked, how do we know what type of energy we're working with? How do we know we're working with correct energy? Um, and I think from, from my perspective, at least, it's a matter of following correct spiritual practices. Um, and whether or not we are doing so effectively, that's part of our limitations um, because we are all subject to, um, as, you, as you were saying, these taking in too much energy or suppressing energy. We're all subject to these things, even though we consciously don't wish to do so. We're all in the process of learning. We're, we're all, you know, neophytes, basically. And so it's just a matter of, I think, for me at least, putting myself on a path that I trust because it's a path that's endorsed by the spiritual hierarchy of the planet. Mm -hmm. um, it's a path that's been followed by seekers throughout eons of time. And although, as I said, we might not be practicing it um, fully effectively, it's a safer path than many of the other um, paths that we've witnessed out there in the spiritual marketplace. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that um, since that was the earlier part of your question. Um, we at Lucis Trust are, you know, obviously going to be in touch with many seekers out there who come across our website or our books. And all we can say from many years of experience is that there is a lot of psychic disturbance um, that's very powerful and that is affecting uh, detrimentally many people. We live in this time when we all think that if we put ourselves on a spiritual path that it's going to be one unfoldment after another on the road to enlightenment and as a consequence because of the um, unwise spiritual teachers out there who are pressing uh, the latest um, technique, the latest webinar, the latest retreat that will assure their followers 
for usually a hefty sum of money that they will be on a path to um, speeded up evolutionary development. Where in the Tibetan, uh, and he speaks for the other members of the spiritual hierarchy, above all things advocates caution, short periods of meditation. Uh, many people out there today are accustomed to going on to retreats or following teachers who advocate hours of meditation a day. The Tibetan makes a firm um, statement that particularly for Westerners, he is writing for Westerner people who live in Occidental bodies, which are very differently constituted than are the bodies of people in the East. Um, and the situation in the world is, at least it was quite different when he was writing. And so long periods of meditation, uh, our bodies by and large cannot uh, withstand the impact of the powerful energies that are pouring in. And so it's advocated to have short meditations and to not enter into any path of breathing or kundalini, any of these forcing processes. Above all, he, he advocates that the centers in the etheric body should be allowed to unfold slowly and naturally. And if they do become overstimulated, uh, from what I've observed, it's very difficult to shut down the inlets once they're opened. People might think, well, I'll try this, and it looks like I'm getting some good results. And so they push it and then cannot shut down the inflow of too much energy pouring in, which causes, as we said, uh, mental imbalances, emotional imbalances of all sorts, possessions, all kinds of things. So it's, it's a serious, serious um, situation in the world today which very few people are talking about. Uh, most people are talking about the faster the better, when in fact, as the Tibetan said, make haste slowly. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add anything to that? Um, well, I, I have one other quote here actually that I found that I'd like to read, which is basically in reference to what you just said, and it's from the Tibetan. And he says very directly, I cannot impress too strongly upon aspirants in all occult schools that the yoga for this transition period is the yoga of one-pointed intent, of directed purpose, of a constant practice of the presence of God, and of ordered, regular meditation carried forward systematically and steadily over years of effort. Yeah. And so, I, and so yeah, I think that really highlights perhaps the difference between the Western and the Eastern approach, whereas today we're, you know, we're transitioning into a more mental approach to contacting divinity and a more mental approach to meditation. And when the mind is aligned, you know, it brings in, it has a more, it more directly brings in these, you know, spiritual energies, the intuitional energies directly into the brain consciousness. And that inflow of energy is, just too overstimulating the the atomic structure of the physical and etheric and of those of the lower bodies of the personality can't handle that sort of stimulation if it's done too quickly and as you said serious difficulties um, mostly psychological dif difficulties but also the physiological difficulties as well can result and oftentimes these you know these these problems once they manifest there's really no um, solution 
you know, we have no cures for a lot of them, like the more serious psychological ones, insanity, psychosis, um, schizophrenia, you know, all of those. But even he mentions extensively in Esoteric Healing about the, um, the, the, the various diseases that occur from uh, overstimulation of certain centers or an imbalance of certain centers in the body, and such as cancer, for instance. And so if the, um, like you said, a lot of these other kind of new age techniques, they just want sort of a fast approach and it's not really appropriate, so. Yeah. Um, so we have, do you have any other questions that are pressing? I can't remember. Um, I mean, I have, a f I, have a, I have a few, I have a few more, but um, maybe somebody else from the audience has something that they'd like to share? Um, let's see. First, I see a few comments, but nobody, no hands raised. So maybe if somebody wants to raise their hand. Um, Suzanne writes, if the motive is truly involved in selflessness, harmlessness, and right speech, thought and action in our seeking, this must provide some protection plus balance in all things with no thought for personal gain. Yeah, I mean, that's why <clears throat> I think there's a lot of beauty and safety in the work of triangles because as we know, it's concerned with the whole, with the planetary life and with the life of humanity and the lower kingdoms. There's so much suffering in our world. You know, all we have to do is look around um, with an open heart and I can't help but think that the triangles work because it releases healing energies is contributing to the healing of so much suffering. Um, Jan writes, nervous system support seems a very important, seems very important at this time. However, one is led in that I'm not sure what that means, but um, uh, Nathaniel writes, what is the name of the constellation which will overpower Capricorn during the upcoming festival week? Uh, we're not given that information, but it is, we are told that it's very vast because the relationship between Earth and Capricorn parallels the relationship between Capricorn and this overshadowing constellation. So if you consider how minuscule our Earth is compared to the vastness of the constellational life, which includes many suns and solar systems, and that being overshadowed by something proportionately as vast, it's exceedingly powerful. And it is aligned with this energy of Capricorn, so it, it carries a similar note. I think there are two hands raised. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Hello, Joe. Hi, Kathy. I just want to thank you. I think you beautifully, succinctly expressed the dangers and the advice that were given by the Tibetan. And I would just like to add that I think that there is something in terms of uh, one's ray makeup that also should be considered when you consider what... Um, methodology you want to use, the regularity of your meditation, 
And it is very easy for uh, particularly some ray combinations, I think, to immerse themselves so deeply and over such long periods of time that they easily kind of drown in their meditative work. And uh, you see those expressions of it come forth with physical and psychological challenges. So I just want to thank you. I think it was really timely for us all. And I really appreciate uh, this weekly practice because it uh, grounds and centers us all in a very, you know, a shorter, more potent, and yet um, impactful process that we can do globally. So thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, t I do agree um, that different types are more subject to overstimulation than others. And if anyone's interested in reading a little bit more about those differences, a good place to begin is in the two volumes of Discipleship in the New Age by Alice Bailey. Uh, in a particular section in those books uh, called Personal Instructions to Disciples, wherein the Tibetan uh, gives the ray makeup of the individuals in his group. And you can see, uh, just as Joe pointed out, that certain ray uh, types are more subject to this overstimulation. I'd say particularly those along the first and sixth ray line. Um, that's the more, um, tend to be a little bit too intense at times. So thanks, Joe. Uh, and can I add something? Oh, Kathy? sorry, sorry, um, Ellie. I just lowered oh. your hand. I meant to. Let me see where you are now. Sorry, if you could raise your hand. Okay. Unmute. Okay, Ellie, are you there? Whoops. Hi. Hi, Ellie. Hi. Hi. I'm on a different device. You hear me? Okay. Yes. Oh, great. Okay. So a couple things come to mind. One is I love the the quote. God knows where it came from, but there's no shortcuts on the path of enlightenment. Yeah. I mean, there aren't, but um, uh, another uh, image that comes to mind is um, trying to force flowers to open, you know? Yes, yes. Um, when you try and force flowers, you might get a quick bloom, but then they die very quickly. And you mm. see this with people who um, try and force, like with kund certain Kundalini practices, you know, yes. the burnout. But one of the things to really bear in mind, even in terms of personal health, is our body is an electromagnetic system. It's an electrical system. Yes. And it, as is everything in the universe, in, in, in some capacity, there's, there's energy, electricity behind it. So, you know, the Chinese medicine, um, you know, kind of uh is the best example i know of working on the planet today of the the chakra system and the nadis and you know any impedance of flow is an impedance of life force it can either cause a shutdown or cause an explosion uh, yeah. such as cancer so yeah. um really slow and steady is is wins the race and as far as opening up to um astral plane forces I mean, those forces are around all the time. And when you're centered, you know, I, I, uh, you've heard me use the phrase before, thought form soup. Like, you, like when you come out of uh, dreaming and you're coming into waking, there's an in-between place. And then 
all of a sudden thoughts flood in from all kinds of places. And sometimes one doesn't really understand where, you know, where strange thoughts come from, but we're in this soup of astral forms, you know, yeah. and um, each of us has the power to tell a, a thought form to, to demand it's, it's leaving our presence. And the same goes for any kind of astral influences. You know, you, you cannot operate with fear, yeah. you know, so, yeah. you know, the, if anybody does ever encounter something unpleasant, whether it's a thought or something they perceive to be a, an entity of any kind, you simply, even in a dream, dream practices like lucid dreaming, you know, you are, are the, the, the soul in control of your reality. So if you demand something, uh, leave your presence, it will, you know. Well, sometimes anyway. it's not that easy, but um, yeah. that, that brings up a point that I did want to mention um, about what should a person do uh, if they do find themselves um, in what seems to be a, a psychotic state. It's very difficult for a person to recognize that and to, to think that the forces that they're contacting are not real. But what, right. what we advise is that you give up all spiritual practices and that even reading spiritual texts and reciting mantras for protection, all of that should be actually stopped for a period of time until the bodies are given a chance to settle down and calm down. And even then... Yeah. It can sometimes never happen, and you have to just um, never take up your spiritual practices again in this life. So um, right. spiritual teachings are very strong to state that you don't want to play with fire, and that's what the kundalini energies are, and they need to be allowed right. to um, rise at their own rate, and they should not be forced. So. Thank you very much. Uh, one of the, um, I don't know which book I read it in, but um, the Tibetan gave um, a couple of different um, uh, exercises for for personal, you know, self-protection. One was yeah. Im mm -hmm. imagining yourself at, cocooned in an egg of like white, golden or rose colored light. I think mm -hmm. it was white, rose, something mm -hmm. like that. And another one was imagine being the center of a wheel, a spinning wheel, and there are yeah. seven spokes. Yeah, I think that's they're in the ponder and the serve, ponder yes. on this and serve humanity um, sections on the the dark forces. It's one of those sections, I think. Anyway, okay. the, the, that material's out there. Thank you, Kathy. It's a great presentation. Thank you very much. Okay, bye bye. Um, Alex? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for this talk um, and pointing out to, to everyone the, you know, to not take it personally, the situation with forces and overstimulation at this time. Um, when DK says to drop meditation practices or, or to uh, not to meditate too long, it doesn't um, negate the fact that, uh, I'm just pointing out that it doesn't negate the fact that a lot of psychosis today has to do with too much mental activity, too much 
physical activity, too much emotional activity. So um, just quietening down, just calming down, um, and just having reflection time, and just slowing things down is very, very healing. And But then the person has to find the point, you know, between that and when they actually you know, focus on meditation. So they're two different things, aren't they? Yes. And um, yes. They're, they're two different things. So it's not like they can't do anything to help themselves. We can always become quiet. And yes. that is, would yes. help the average person a great deal with all this overstimulation at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's often recommended to take up physical practices, exercise, gardening, um, volunteer work, anything that keeps you um, active and, but as you say, uh, calm. So thanks, Alex. Yeah. Uh, so let's just see if there's any um, Starling writes a comment more than a question. The triangles work not only releases healing energies, but it has a very impersonal appeal. This stands in stark contrast to many schools and types of meditation which emphasize individuals' attainment and benefits that accrue to in the individual who is meditating. I don't mean to suggest that individuals should not anticipate that meditation would have some good individual effects. I just know that triangles may not appeal to those whose focus is in meditations is on themselves rather than sending healing energies to the planet as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Um, Heike writes, I would add that true inner attitude of selfless service is a protection as it wouldn't pull the energies into the person's own system but build up them but channels them to a serving purpose, yeah. Uh, um, Minerva writes, I want to mention that I feel very safe in my practice under the guidance of Lucis Trust Arcane School. And Michael, um, we were going to post a, a link to what is an esoteric school when we're bringing up this topic of safe approaches, as uh, Manura suggested, it is um, perhaps one of the safest uh, schools around. I can't say I know all the schools around, but it's certainly safe because it's founded on the wisdom and guidance of Alice Bailey and the Tibetan who dealt with many, many seekers and put forward a really safe program of sustained spiritual training lasting many years. So did Michael, were you able to post that link? Oh yeah, here. Yeah, I just posted, I posted a PDF of the, of the article. But I would, I would just add also, Kathy, that I think one of the reasons it is so safe is what, um, I think her name is Heidi, that Heidi, what, what our Heike was getting at, is there's this like decentralization. And I think the focus on decentralization and not putting, you know, oneself at the center is really the, um, kind of the um, 
defining characteristic of all sound and safe esoteric schools. And I think it's what really sets, um, not sets the arcane school apart, but really what makes it such a safe and um, really truly discipleship approach to learning to work with these occult energies. Thank you. All right, well, thank you everyone. And we're going to close with a brief moment of silence to link up with all Triangles workers throughout the world. to the wind, to the wind of my soul Where I'll end up, well I think only God really knows I've sat upon the setting sun But never, 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 never I never wanted water once Never, never, never I listen to my words But they fall far below I let my music take me Where my heart wants to go I swam upon the devil's lake But never, 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 never I'll never make the same mistake No, never, never, never